This episode was brought to you by our Patreon supporters, Amy Swan, Blake Popsk, Greg Bench, Joel Robertson, Jonathan Edge, and Trey Whetstone. Thank you all. Now on to the episode. Welcome to another episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. I am your co-host, the father, a.k.a. Pastor Matt, a.k.a. Matt Rawlings, and I am joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, Jackson the Sun, and welcome to the movie critics are calling the feel-good family event of the season. (laughs) Well, we are a spoiler (laughs) podcast. We do spoil the movies we discuss. And uh, we're recording this. We are in the dead of winter 2021. Not that it looks much like it where we're at, but we decided to go back to a 2009 Norwegian film, Dead Snow. And in order to do justice to a Nazi zombie in the snow flick, uh, we need to call in some help. So please welcome to the show the guys from the Real Talk Movie Podcast, uh, beginning with the proverbial founder of the feast, Mr. Wes Jones. How are you, Wes? I'm doing great today. Thank you so much for inviting us to come on. This is a a really interesting movie, uh, to say the least. (laughs) So I appreciate you inviting us to talk about this material. Absolutely. And uh, Gabe from Real Talk, how are you doing, Gabe? I'm doing good, man. I didn't know uh, I didn't know zombies, snow zombies were a thing until I was forced to watch it. And if you guys don't know anything about me, horror is not my forte. So I just watched an hour and a half of zombies. You know what would have been scarier, though, guys? A live snow. Think about that. Dead snow is <laughs> frightening. I like my snow dead, but if 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 you talk about some live snow like that's really <laughs> freaky. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Oh man! So, uh, Wes, if and Gabe, if somebody um, is listening who hasn't yet heard or subscribed to Real Talk, and shame on you if you haven't, uh, let them know what they're in for, how it came about, and uh, what you guys do. Well, uh, I, I've told the story a couple of times. And back a couple years ago, and Gabe can chime in as well, but a couple years ago, we started talking about doing a podcast, but I think all three of us procrastinate a little bit on things, and we just never got it off the ground, but every time we would get together, we would just start talking movies. And we were like, oh man, that would have made a great podcast episode, and we were like, oh yeah, we got to get this started. But again, uh, about two years passed when we started talking Hmm. about that. But one good thing that came out of the pandemic is everybody had a little bit extra free time. And that's whenever we decided, I guess back in April, let's let's just do it. Let's just let's start recording and we'll just see where this thing goes. Awesome. Gabe, what about you? That gel with what you remember? Honestly, I didn't ever know I was on a podcast. I didn't know what (laughs) podcasts were. I thought I was just on some really structured phone calls. And then I found out that you could download them all on iTunes. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I remember. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I love what you guys do. And I and Jackson and I have talked about this. You know, I'm not I'm not usually a fan of uh interviews on movie podcasts, but you guys just posted an awesome one this week with uh with whom? I miss Sandy Sandy King Carpenter. The, yeah. And I hate saying oh the wife of John Carpenter, but sure. of course most horror fans know her. Our, our, our most horror fans know John Carpenter, but his wife, Sandy King Carpenter, she produced a lot of his more recent films and was a script supervisor even before that. And she's worked with Michael Mann and John Hughes. 
she worked with a, uh, a a little animated film that won an Academy Award back in the late 70s. Just some really cool stuff. And it was an honor to have her on. And we were fortunate enough that John was eavesdropping a little bit and answered a couple questions for us as well. Yeah, that was awesome. Absolutely awesome. So, uh, and uh, Gabe, were you thrilled, even though you're not a horror fan? You're a John Carpenter fan. You've got to be. Oh, yeah. I love John Carpenter stuff. Um, I, I, I talk about it on the podcast on the Halloween episode. Halloween is one of my all-time favorites, and I think it did a lot for the horror genre. And I appreciate horror. It's just not my forte. And I, you know, I know that's not going to come off well on a horror podcast. So guys, <laughs> don't ostracize me. The movies I like are still good. And I still really appreciate a good horror flick. Um, in fact, we just did an interview with the director of Hell House LLC, and I love that flick quite a yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, of course, I, I, I love all John Carpenter movies. Um, and, you know, The Thing... Um, there, there's tons of John Carpenter movies that I love. And I was happy to, you know, I was happy to do that interview. In fact, I'm the one who set it up. It was Wes's birthday gift from me. Oh, <laughs> awesome. There you go. Well, yeah, everybody needs to check out Real Talk. I still think my favorite episode is the Ghostbusters episode. Uh, but they're they're all great. So check out Real Talk, guys. So, but we're talking about uh, Dead Snow. And the IMDb synopsis for Dead Snow reads... A ski vacation turns horrific for a group of medical students as they find themselves confronted by an unimaginable menace, Nazi zombies. Eh, as for IMDb, that's not horrible. Um, mm -hmm. So, gents, when did you first see Dead Snow? Wes, starting with you, when did you first see Dead Snow? Probably three or four years ago, I think, is the first time that I had watched uh, Dead Snow. And I am not really big on the comedic horror films. I like more, you know, serious. Now, obviously, I don't mind funny moments that, right. you know, that helps uh, move a story along sometime and keep your keep you engaged. But overall, I'm not a huge fan of the horror comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, and... This one was, it had a good mixture of, of, of both comedy, some horrific stuff, and uh, of course we'll talk about a few of the scenes I'm sure coming oh, up, yeah. and I'll say a little bit more, but yeah, I think three or four years ago I watched it, and then I saw it for the second time, either yesterday or the day before, I just wanted it fresh on my mind for the show. Gotcha. Gabe, what about you? When did you first see Dead Snow? You know, being the Dead Snow aficionado as, that I am, um, and my love for horror movies, I'm going to have to go with about three hours ago. <laughs> oh, well, not far behind you is Jackson. Jackson, we were talking off air. It hasn't been that long since you've seen this for the first time. No, yesterday was the first time I saw it. And uh, I, I'd heard about it for a while. I think I first heard about it on Horror Movie Podcast's Best of the 2000s episode. And uh, I finally got the opportunity to see it. I'm so glad. And getting to talk about it with you guys is awesome. Let me just say, the first episode I heard of Real Talk was your Guilty Pleasures Mortal Kombat episode. And you get a call from Jay of the Dead talking about peg-headed homework and you're playing Enigma's Return to Innocence. That was just a wild episode, and you had your friend Preston on. That was a great episode. I love those guilty pleasure type things, and I cannot wait to listen to that interview uh, with Sandy King Carpenter because that is, that's got to be awesome, and hearing John in there as well is, is really cool. Well, I, we really appreciate that, and w one thing I didn't say is just 
what we're trying to do with the show is we just want to create a fun atmosphere. Now, Gabe and Tommy are a lot funnier than I am. I kind of play it straight, you know, more often and uh, just try to move the episode along and, and keep us from going too far off the rails, though we, <laughs> we usually are are down in the valley uh, from going so far off. But um, we just want to, yeah, just a laid back, just a fun show where we try to do film analysis, make it humorous. But, I mean, we really do, between all of us, know quite a bit about movies, and that's not to brag, but just to say, hey, you actually are going to get some good film analysis as well. But that's that's really what we're trying to do. Just like a group of friends sitting around talking and you're just you're you get to be part of that conversation. Is is that why you got stuck on your roof just to have something comedic to add to the podcast, Wes? Was that? Uh... Yeah, my jokes were falling flat. So I thought, <laughs> hey, let me do this. And yeah, that will that will will help out. Gabe, did he just kick the ladder and just get himself stranded on the roof? Is that what happened? I, I honestly haven't cleaned my gutters ever, so I didn't know that was a thing. I, it sounds made up to me. Um, I, I don't have an answer for you there. Sorry, Pastor Matt. I, I wish I did. That's all right. Um, yeah, I saw Dead Snow probably about ten years ago. It was one. It was like a DVD I got from Netflix uh, on my queue, and I watched it. So. Let's talk about the plot and the screenplay here. That's pretty straightforward. We've got, we get a cold open of a woman running through the snow at night with something chasing her. Pretty standard zombie stuff. Um, and she gets cornered. We cut to the aforementioned group of medical students heading to a cabin on Easter break to have fun. They eventually meet the Norwegian version of Crazy Ralph, right? The harbinger of doom. Uh, he tells yeah, the story of the, yes. Yeah, well, go uh, ahead. Or, no, I mean, I just had that exact same thought uh, when I was rewatching it again. I had for, honestly forgotten about the Harbinger of Doom, and I was like, "This is just crazy, Ralph." Yes, but yeah, that was that was great. And who's who's telling them how idiotic they are to be in a cabin in this area, and then he goes and sets up a pup tent in that area. Um, so you know, anyway, he tells the story of the Nazis who occupied the area during World War II how they went overboard, as I guess, you know, overboard for Nazis seems to be a bit redundant. Um, soon, of course, the hungry undead of the National Aryan Socialist Party rear their anti-Semitic heads to begin feasting on members of the group. So thoughts on this premise and uh, this screenplay. Uh, Gabe, since you're the aficionado, though you would have preferred live snow, what do you think of the uh, of the plot for Dead Snow? The rather, rather complicated plot of dead snow when i when i took on podcasting and i'm just gonna from now on refer to you guys as dad and son even though you're not my dad and you're not my son but i think that that you know is pretty cut and dry so mm -hmm. so dad um when you know when i first started this podcast um i'll tell you what was funny Wes made my very first movie that i had to cover was cabin in the woods yes uh, and it is a i don't know if you guys have seen it what do you oh, call yeah. it what do you call it, Wes? A gross horror? Is that uh, what you? You're you're thinking of Cabin Fever, I think. Cabin oh, Fever. Cabin Sorry. Fever. That's Cabin Fever. Yeah. Sorry, I I you know I can't even remember the movies I've reviewed anymore. This is embarrassing. <laughs> but just cut the first one and now you know actually leave it so people think that I don't know what I'm talking about. But Cabin Cabin Fever and Wes called it gross horror. Is that what you called it, Wes? Is that yeah, I'm trying to remember the term that that we looked up on body there, but I, I think that's a great term because it was a pretty disgusting, fun movie. I think yeah. you called it 
is it body horror? I mean, yeah, it's but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, body horror type movie. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, when when I read the plot of this, I was like, gosh, I'm doing cabin fever again. I'm doing body <laughs> horror again. I knew it was gonna be body horror because how to. But but I loved everything about the plot. I mean, it's a very well set up plot. You've got you got not not only zombies, you got Nazi zombies in snow. I'll tell you the one thing that I though I did think about with this plot. Why on earth, you know, you're going on a high end like sea or a high end ski adventure. Why would you go to a secluded cabin in the woods? Why wouldn't you just go to like a resort where you can get a massage or something? I don't know. I, I'm not following that that plot line, but you know, whatever. Yeah, especially because these are medical students. I mean, these are not just right. <laughs> these are these aren't kids from like the you know some inner city who's like, hey, my cousin's you know best friend's you know brother has this isolated cabin where we can go. I mean, you know, they're medical students, but oh well, a la Evil Dead. So, Wes, what do you think of the setup here for Dead Snow? I like it a lot, and this is probably this has been said every time people do probably horror in the snow but horror in the snow is just such a fantastic setting because you've just got this blanket of white and what do zombie movies typically have well lots of gore lots of blood and it's just of course it's going to be flying everywhere and painting that white canvas red uh which i enjoy that uh, i think that makes a really great setting for snow i also liked the comedic element of having the medical students, especially the one that <laughs> doesn't like blood, though he's <laughs> going to be a doctor. Uh, yeah, I mean, the setup is is, is pretty good. It uh, definitely reminded me of, of Evil Dead, which I'm sure we'll talk even more about those comparisons. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a good it's a good setting. It's a fun setting to have this type of film. Absolutely. Jackson, what about you? I think it's great. I think uh, every single setting and monster combination I thought had been done already. And then I watched Dead Snow and I was like, zombies in the snow. Why didn't I think about this? And now, and the fact that they've got a backstory and that they're Nazis and particular, like, really nasty zombies at that and, like, Nazis, um, I thought it was a great setup. Uh, I, I lost a little faith in it as it went through the first act, but it really regained me once we saw the zombies. I was like, okay, is this just going to be like a like a comedy type thing? But it gets pretty horrific, and I really admire it for sticking to its tone. Yeah, I mean, there's not, I mean, you know, typically we can talk about plot elements and all that kind of stuff that we typically do. But let, let's face it, well, let's just jump into different scenes because the plot for this is very straightforward, right? You've got medical students, they're at a cabin, and you've got Nazi zombies who want their gold, really. Is they, they want their riches, and that's what's going on, and they're going to eat and tear apart anybody who gets in their way. So let's Let's jump into favorite scenes. And uh, so, Jackson, you go first. Favorite scene. What comes to mind with uh, Dead Snow? Well, I suspect we'll be talking about this later because it's such a, a great moment in the story. It actually reminded me of another movie I love. But it's the scene where I think her name is, uh, was her name Hannah? Um, she's the, the girlfriend of Martin. Um, and she takes a dive off a cliff with a zombie and gets stuck underneath an avalanche, essentially, underneath the, the bank of snow. And that part where the camera 
slowly tilts and rotates and she's trapped under the snow with no wiggle room that almost made me throw up because i'm a claustrophobe i think everyone is a little bit but i'm a claustrophobe and i started to get the descent vibes in that part and i kind of wish she had been trapped into the, the snow longer and the zombie was maybe trying to tunnel its way to her that would have been terrifying um but i think the the kind of like jokey gore theme we get after that kind of made up for that but that's that's got to be my favorite theme when hannah goes over the embankment and is trapped in the avalanche uh, it, it triggered something in me that I don't think Nazi zombies can. Like, evolutionarily, I don't think we've run across Nazi zombies in, in our past lives, but I'm sure that uh, somebody in the past has been trapped under an avalanche, and I, I related to that in my genetics. And we'll, we'll, we'll go round-robin on scenes here, but was anybody else thinking, like, of course that scene was going to happen because they spent so much time talking about how to get out of an avala- avalanche with your spit? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I knew it was it was coming up the first time that I watched it. And I was actually anticipating it and looking forward to seeing how it would play out. And to tell you the truth, I thought they they pulled it off exceptionally well because I wasn't obviously expecting that he, they were gonna, she was going to fall off a cliff with a Nazi zombie into the snow, get caught like that. And then when you, of course, as Jackson just said, how the camera slowly tilts. Whenever mm-hmm. she first comes in, in to frame, you know, the is it spit or snot or whatever it, it looks like it's it's going up and you're like, oh, well, she's got to dig the opposite direction. And then when they they turn, you're like, oh, I, I get it now. So, no, that was a really cool scene. Yeah. And, and, and Gabe, I mean, if nothing else, you may not be, you know, a huge horror fan, but you did learn something from this. Right. You know, if you're ever stuck in an avalanche spit. Yes, I, I, you know, I learn a lot on these shows. I, I don't, Dad, I don't know if I've told you that before, but these shows like really teach me quite exactly. a bit. But what I will say is, you know, the part that troubled me with that, and son, I, I did love what you said, but the part that troubled me with that the most is when they, when she fell off, she is dead. That was a huge cliff. She is dead. There's no right. coming out of the avalanche. That's not her problem. She's dead. Like, I, I don't, I was just, I, I couldn't, you know, I almost couldn't get away from that in that scene. I was like, what's her plan here? When the zombie was approaching, I was like, she's just going to die. And, but she, somehow she lived. I don't know. Apparently she has superpowers or something. So it was really, really soft snow. Norway has really <laughs> soft snow. <laughs> Infamously like soft before. snow. It's yeah. a, a, a thousand thread count snow, I believe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was a thousand thread, thread count trampoline snow. But I will, um, I will, I did want to agree with uh, something uh, Sun said earlier. Um, I did really have a hard time with the beginning of this movie, just like yeah. he did. Um, it, it does, it does open kind of slow, um, but the payoff is great. So stick with it, guys. Sometimes you have to be encouraged through the, the early parts of a movie to get to the uh, latter parts. And I agree with what he said there. Yeah, I would agree with that too. The first act is drags a little bit, but. Once the second act kicks in, the second and third act, it's it's pedal to the metal and it's it's just go. Um, all right, favorite scene, Wes? Did you have a favorite scene? The one that that stood out the most, I think, was when the Harbinger of Doom is back at his tent, yeah. because I loved everything about that scene. The sound, you know, you hear the sound of the snow crunching because it's so quiet. You've got his tent that's glowing you know, bright orange. It's just a, it's just beautifully shot. 
And I love the flashlight, how it's just illuminating the snow. It's real quiet. And then, of course, you get a pretty cool death scene. And I just love that character. I think, in my opinion, he... My two favorite characters were the movie nerd and then the Harbinger of Doom. I really liked both of them. So, uh, yeah, that was my favorite scene is just where the Harbinger of Doom meets his demise. Yeah, absolutely. And and Jackson, did you also catch the kind of crazy Ralph vibe going on there? Oh, definitely. And another thing that that guy reminded me of was Quint. During that monologue where he's talking about Colonel Herzog, that reminded me of the USS uh, Indianapolis speech, the way it slowly zooms into his face as he tells his tale. Uh, I was hooked. In fact, I kind of wish that they had done like a flashback. I kind of want to see that. That would have been cool. Um, the, the townspeople chasing Nazis out into the snow. Um, but, uh, yeah, when he's telling it, I was fully invested. I did not relate to the characters at all. The, the, uh, medical students, they were all like yawning and rolling their eyes. Like, what's this crazy guy talking about? I was fully in it. And I know that that guy, and I'm sure we'll talk about this when we get to the cast, but I know that guy is in theater and you could definitely tell because that felt like an aside that felt like a classic theatrical monologue. And I was there for it. Yeah, if you, and I know, Jackson, did you watch the extra, some of the bonus features on the DVD today? Yeah, I, yeah, I watched the uh, bonus featurette, um, and they're talking about, uh, the director is like, um, I can't believe that this, this dialogue that I wrote in my bedroom, you know, this famous theatrical actor is, is reciting it. Um, and I well, love that director. He, was, he seemed really cool. Yeah, but what was interesting was that actor who plays the Harbinger of Doom seemed to be the only one, like, not having fun on the set. Right. When they they interviewed him, he's like, he is a real director, not playing director. And everybody else is just screwing around. And this guy's, like, taking this Nazi zombie flick, like, way too serious. Uh, But but anyway, so, uh, Gabe, what about you? What did you think of the uh, Harbinger of Doom? Oh, love the scene. The love... And I gla- I'm glad you guys hit, all hit on it. Like I think the guy should have been in this. Uh, the Harbinger of Doom should have been in the the the, the show more. Honestly, he was yeah. the best character. I think he could have been in the show more because you know it also leaves some plot holes. But I love some good plot holes in some horror movies. You know, you're like, why does this guy like suddenly randomly come to the cabin and give a speech and talk about how crappy the coffee is, and then all of a sudden <laughs> just leave to stay in a tent in the snow? Why do these mean people not invite him into their cabin? You know, it's like, there's a lot of plot holes. Like, was his only objective to wander through the snow just to warn anybody who ever came there? It, it, you know, there's a lot of questions. <laughs> it's like, like, where was he planning on going? Like, these people, like, after they leave the cabin, clearly can't get anywhere. Like, what was his plan? Did he have a map? Uh, staying in a, like, lots of questions, but I did love the scene. I did love the tent shot. I did love the lighting. And um, I think the lighting and the and the camera angles and the cinematography are highly underrated throughout this film it is they are spectacular so yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i have no idea that was my uh, objection as well as but yeah that is a plot hole it's like what is the harbinger of doom doing out there if he's so <laughs> terrified of this mountain if he's telling everybody he can to stay away why is he staying on it why doesn't he hike down to the bottom of it and like i'll come back the next time somebody's here and warn them in the meantime i'm out you know, I that yeah, that didn't make any any sense to me. But it hey, it it works. But it had uh, to happen. As the oh only yeah, it, you had to have some story development. So he had to be out there. He was there for the he, movie. He could have he could have just walked around on a bunch of the different trees at some point in his life and just posted up signs that said what he wanted to say and then just <laughs> get away from there. Like that would have that would have taken care of it. 
Nazi zombie signs. Like, but then nobody's going to believe them. You know, you got to be out there. You got to be talking. You got to be scared. So <laughs> nobody's going to believe there's Nazi zombie signs. They're just going to think there's like a treasure there or something. Um, and that people are trying to get them to avoid. So yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. 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 So Gabe, did you have a favorite scene in dead snow? I can't believe this scene hasn't come up and I don't know if it's, I don't even know if I can use the term favorite favorite is a loose term I'm going to use here, <laughs> but my, my scene that sticks out the most is the scene where the, uh, the gentleman goes to use the outhouse yes. and takes a uh, massive dump in the outhouse. And then his girlfriend, or I didn't know they were together, I guess comes I, out there and, Decides that's the moment when she wants to make her move, and they just go for it right there in the outhouse. Following which, she just leaves him there, and then shortly after there, she falls into his poop, I'm assuming, <laughs> and then dies. So that's my favorite, or that's the scene that sticks out the most, and why wouldn't it? Okay, Dave, don't can... forget about the finger lick. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh lick, man. She didn't <laughs> think that was it. That was it. Yeah. I don't know why, and, and, and folks, if you're listening to this and, and you're in the middle of eating, uh, either put your food away or pause this and come back, not only after you've eaten, but after it's digested. A good hour. <laughs> a good hour. Yeah, it's like the rule it's before swimming after you eat. You want to yes. wait a full 30 minutes before you listen. <laughs> yes, um, because, yeah, the guy goes out, there, and just like in Friday 13, 3 and 5, which have infamous bathroom scenes, did that guy wipe? No, I didn't see it. He no. was, I think he was mid. I think he was still mid-poop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so, yeah, who, what, I mean, who wants to hook up with with a movie nerd in the outhouse mid-poop? I mean, what kind of weird, what, what does that girl's childhood like? I mean, goodness sakes. So um, many, so many questions. <laughs> I, I see, I mean, the cabin didn't have a lot of areas to, but. That wouldn't have been my move, I don't think. I don't. I'm just disturbed this was your favorite. He said favorite scene. <laughs> Dude, what, what else was I going to name? Like, I, 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 it was most vivid scene. It wasn't favorite. Like, I don't know if it was, but it's something I'd never seen before. And I will, <laughs> if you ask me about dead, I mean, really, honestly, I'm thinking like, if you ask me about dead snow 20 years from now, I know what I'm going to remember. You can say some other, you can say some other stuff and that's all a lie. I'm going to remember this. Yeah. It, bathroom scenes just tend to stick out like that. Like I, the very first Friday 13th I saw in the theaters when I was 13 was Friday 13th, five, a new beginning, which has the Ooh, baby, Ooh, baby. Uh, oh, you know, with tomorrow. the enchiladas, the enchiladas. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I still remember that scene vividly, you know, decades after I, you know, had, had kind of written that movie off. I still remember that scene. And I remember this, this is, and so, yeah, that, so they hook up, uh, yeah, mid dump, and he, 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 he I can't gets, even talk about this. I know. He gets up and he, he like leaves to go brag without wiping. And why did she say? Like, I, I have no idea. They just kind of laugh it off. It's like, oh, she's drunk. She's probably passed out. But hey, hey, look, you know. Before I became a minister, I, I partied like it was 1999 till 1997. I have never, ever, ever been so wasted that I would pass out, and even a Johnny on the spot. That would not have happened. And so, 
But they're just like, ah, she's falling asleep and sub-zero temperatures out in the crapper. It's no big deal. <laughs> and, you know, they just, plus drunk, which means she's going to freeze to death. But they just, in the meantime, she gets sucked in by zombies down into the crap. She mm. gets bitten, crawls out of the crapper. She's got an open bite. She's, you know, <laughs> there she is. You know, she's been bit by uh, supposedly a fecal-covered fascist. And, you know, she has got a staph infection no antibiotic in the world could tackle at that point. Can we all agree on that? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I wouldn't be walking away from the outhouse. Of that. I'd just be walking back to death. I don't, there's nothing about me that wants to survive after that. Nothing about me. Like, the, am, am I the only one? Did you guys think about this, too? Like, like when she was going to the, when they were going to the outhouse, when he first went to the outhouse, I just couldn't, I was like, nothing good happens in an outhouse in a movie. No. And I just kept thinking, I was like, oh, this is like Jurassic Park where the lawyer goes to the outhouse. <laughs> if a T-Rex, honestly, it would have been just as obscure for me if a T-Rex ate him. Like I, I, I just, but they went for it with this bathroom scene. They, I mean, they really went for it and they, I mean, it delivered, I guess. If you're a bathroom scene aficionado, um, oh, real boy. talk. Real Talk of Bathroom Scene podcast might cover this coming up. <laughs> favorite, favorite bathroom scenes from horror movies. So, Jackson, you haven't <laughs> piped in on this, and maybe you're too traumatized to do it, but let's go for it. Come on, you're almost 18. Jump in. Yeah, yeah that, nothing. That... No, go, go ahead, Jackson. Nothing screams talking to your father like talking about sex bathroom <laughs> Like, I haven't yeah. had that kind of conversation with my dad yet, so you know, go right into it. Yeah, that was interesting. That was what first hooked me, and I was like, okay, maybe this isn't so straight. This is, isn't so straightforward as, as I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> you know, when she put his finger in her mouth, I like almost turned the movie off. I was like, okay, so it's oh. it's doing the 90s gross out thing. I'm not sure oh. what's going on here. Yeah, and I watched the behind the scenes footage. The way they got that is they actually they actually just did it. She she they just had a countdown and then she just fell through the bottom of the outhouse on set. Uh, and, uh, I don't think I would want to do that stunt. I mean, obviously there was an actual poo in it, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even think that, that, um, like corn syrup with brown food coloring would make it any better. I think I would feel just as bad about myself. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I agree with what you said, uh, Gabe, it, there, nothing good ever happens in a, um, in an outhouse in a horror movie, but this was the worst thing uh, that I could possibly imagine. <laughs> And uh, they totally exceeded my expectations. After that scene, I was kind of glad that that nerdy guy got killed because I don't think he should have gone on living and been been proud of that. Because <laughs> he was proud. Well, one thing that cracked me up too is that he was the only one who didn't want to go look for her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he didn't even care for that. <laughs> yes. He didn't was even there at that point. Oh, want to see her again? He was like, uh. He remembered his finger getting licked too, so he was like, "Nah, just just wherever she's at, she's good." <laughs> oh man, wherever she's at, she deserves to be. Oh, oh <laughs> boy. Uh, okay, there. You know, I, not, I, 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 I'm, I, I, I. On one hand, I want to move away from the potty scene. On the <laughs> other way, I think we could just spend another hour just talking about this and the ramifications. <laughs> um, you know, because I'm not. You know, look. Obviously, as a, as a proud American whose grandparents fought the Nazis in World War II, um, I, I, I hate fascism in all forms. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, in the 1920s and 30s and 40s, from what I've read, 
Uh, Germany had the educational system that was most admired. I mean, that even Oxford and Harvard were like looking to German universities. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not even sure that Nazi zombies would be tunneling into a pit full of poop. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not convinced. I'm just not convinced, but all right, so be it. I, my favorite scene is, is near the end. You know, we've had the big showdown. Three of the guys are fighting off the, the Nazi hordes with chainsaws and, and a machine gun and, 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 a, and a snowmobile. And so they're fighting off the Nazis and the Nazi commander comes down and just simply says, arise and boom, they're all alive again. They haven't killed any of them. They just pop out of the snow and it's just almost like you can't kill them. And they just all start running after them. You know, they prob that probably should have been their first move instead of their last move. What do you think, Matt? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he wanted to give him a break. Give him a little breather. <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I, I actually love that scene. I love the way it was shot. Jackson, did you like the way that was shot, or am I out there? Oh, the, yeah, the scene when they all get up out of the snow was awesome. Um, I, I can't imagine how comfortable that was for the zombie actors laying down, not only in zombie prosthesis, but also under like a foot of snow. Uh, that that would have been fun. But uh, yeah, that was an awesome scene. And it is kind of a hopeless, <laughs> you're like, oh, great. So nothing matters anymore. And everything that we've been doing and all these people have died for, uh, it was for nothing. And there's kind of like a dark comedy in that. There's kind of like a morbid uh, bit of humor there that so many people have died to do nothing, essentially. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a fantastic scene and I can easily see why it's your favorite. Well, yeah, it's kind of a return of the living dead kind of thing, which spoiler alert for return of the living dead, even though we've already covered that with barely Ashley. but I mean, there's, there's just, there's no easy way out of that, but obviously that's when it hit me. Okay. They want their gold. So Wes, is this a leprechaun reference? I don't know <laughs> about, about the gold part, but I mean, the you know, they do reference quite a bit of horror films. You know, you they reference Friday the 13th. They, yep. they reference Evil Dead, April Fool's Day. And, uh, of course, it being self-aware like that, I guess in a way references Scream. So it very well could have been a, a Leprechaun uh, reference. But uh, that was the one thing that didn't seem Nazi-like. And maybe I need to study up on my history a little bit more. But this, like, gold, I was like, what? They're like the Pirates of the Caribbean now, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I took a class on um, on World War II, and I don't remember them, you know, being all about the gold. Uh, maybe I'm you know, wrong about that. But Gabe, you being the horror aficionado, um, what did you think of the the Nazis' quest for gold? <laughs> I, I'm going to be very real with you, and this is this is serious, guys. When I was watching the movie, I was like, you know, snow check. Nazis, check. The Nazis are zombies, check. I was like, man, this movie has some awesome stuff. How could it possibly be better? I paused it for a second because it, it, you know, I, I was like, what could they do here? And I was like, man, a quest for treasure would just be awesome. <laughs> and then it happened. And I was like, done. And I was like, you know, I, I wasn't interested. Now I am. So, guys, I mean, it's got it all. It's, it's, so, if you've learned anything, like I've learned earlier about how to get out of a blizzard with spit. <laughs> it's got to see this movie. It's got it all. 
I think that this this uh, movie would have been ten times better if Cindy Lauper had come in and said the Goonies are good enough. I was thinking you know, the Goonies. <laughs> I was thinking the Goonies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. So what other scenes do beyond? But I was thinking the Goonies for sure. Well, you know, Cindy's not doing much except for TV commercials these days. True. So, um, it's Cindy in. <laughs> that's right so what other scenes do we want any other scenes stand out uh jackson any scenes stand out for you other than what we've talked about well during that battle sequence before the zombies are raised from the dead there's one part where um one of the guys man i don't remember what that guy's name was but uh he he ran at the zombies and he made like a like a communist soviet russia joke he had yes. like a like a, a hammer and sickle right. thing and it zoomed in on it edgar wright style i don't know what that was all about but uh i thoroughly entertained i was entertained by that scene where they just slashed the throats of a, a bunch of zombies i'm not really sure why they thought that would work because they're like zombies they, they seem to know a lot about movies you know don't get bitten or whatever but they they don't like destroy the head they just kind of cut their arms and stuff i don't know what they thought was going to happen yeah. um but uh yeah that i thought that was a great scene and um there were a lot of like little jokey gore parts that were so ridiculous that you know they had to be trying to be funny um i think my favorite part is when that same guy who did the the hammer and sickle thing he's running throughout the woods and his guts get stuck on a tree and they just oh, running. Yeah. <laughs> and then he looks back and his guts are like hanging like 10 feet back so he just gives up and just like falls to his knees and waits for the zombies to arrive uh it, you know this this entire thing even the parts that are really tragic and like or you're like Ooh, they're kind of funny. It's it's all so morbidly funny that all of these characters are trying so hard and they're sacrificing their lives, and it all leads to nothing because the zombies can't be killed. The zombies got their gold. They burned down the cabin. Everyone is dead, horribly mutilated. It's just the humans lose. The humans lose to the Nazis in this one, and uh, you hate to see it. Yeah, I think the guy's name was Vigard or Vagard or something like right. that. Yeah. yeah, he's the guy who has the the fight with the Nazi infantry zombie who tries to bite him and comes away with a mouthful of like fluff and Gore-Tex from his coat and doesn't know what to make of it. Yeah, and then is hanging by his intestines. Yeah, I like I like that scene a lot. So, any other scenes, guys, you want to talk about before? I do have a very I have got to ask your opinion on a very divisive issue in a second, but. Any other scenes we need to talk about? Wes, anything pop out? Yeah, I want to spend just a second talking about this. Because what what on earth was that pillow suffocation scene? <laughs> Is this the way they're flirting in Norway? It was just so awkward. It was psychotic. Yes. And I, I don't know if it was anyone's first time watching it, you know, but at that point, I'm like, how more awkward could it get? And then 10 minutes later, we get the, the outhouse scene. So, <laughs> yes. But anyway, I just was like so weirded out by that scene. It's just really bizarre. Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't. Yeah. And these are medical students, by the way. These are trained <laughs> health professionals. Um, and yeah, I just got to say, but that suffocation scene between those two, between Martin and Hannah, that becomes a lot, uh, a lot funnier when you. Uh, think about what happened between Martin and Hannah at the end, at the end of the movie. He's trying to suffocate her at the beginning, and then at the end, you have that whole hatchet to the shoulder thing. So maybe that was foreshadowing. I don't know. Uh, that's <laughs> a good point. I, I like that. 
I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's some pretty weird stuff. Uh, the next time we t- talk to Peter Nielsen, maybe we'll just ask him. That's just, is this what's going on in Scandinavia? I mean, is this <laughs> is this how you flirt? Is this how you found your wife, Peter? You know, I mean, what what's going on here? Um, Gabe, what about you? What other scenes stood out to you in this movie that I know you're going to run out and buy as soon as we're done talking? Yes. Um, well, I, I'm puzzled. We're, I, I'm confused. Were, were you guys rooting for the humans? Because, I mean, as soon as I, I wasn't, I, I, I thought we were all rooting for the zombies during this movie. Because after the pillow scene, I was like, I really hope something happens to these. And then, then, the, then Wes is right. Then the poop scene happened and the finger lick scene. And I was like, I, I can't root for you guys anymore. You guys are past where I can like cheer for you. So I, I switched over to the zombies and the movie was pretty enjoyable. I thought, I think it's ended up being a story of a triumph. You know, you said it seemed hopeless for me. I was like, I was glad they finally got all of them. I was like, thank you. You've got all of them. I was like, I didn't want anybody, any chance of anybody passing some bad genes to anybody. I was like, um, but no, <laughs> the scene that stuck out to me, I do have one scene, and it's my—it's the funniest scene in the movie, in my opinion. So they—they they get there's this buildup. They're stuck in this cabin. They're like, "How are we going to ward off these zombies?" And they get this—I um, think it's moonshine—and they pour it into like a um, a jar, and they yeah. stick. You know, it's that patented moonshine jar bomb with a <laughs> with with a cloth hanging out that they light on fire. But he volatile. He, they, uh, <laughs> they talk about how volatile it is, and they. And they go to throw it, and there's this big buildup. They open up the window, and he just throws it into the wall and lights the cabin on fire. I got died laughing. I watched it three times, and it was the worst throw I've ever seen. My my six year old son can throw far better than that guy. <laughs> I, I've got I've got one more too before, yeah. before we move on. The whole buildup again there towards the end with you know the zombies bit him, so he's like I got to amputate this arm, and he spins. <laughs> yeah. yes. Does the chainsaw, all that? I know where this arm amputated, (laughs) and then he gets bit on his, you know, on on his penis, on his, on his, his, his little man. Yep, he gets a bit on that, and it's just kind of that look like, well, I'm not cutting that off. That was hilarious. Uh, They just look at each other. Well, and the other part I think that was running through his mind that he was like, I think he was thinking, well, I'm not going to need the chainsaw for this. You guys got something smaller? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, I actually flinched at that scene, I'll be honest. Um, Oh, boy. Jackson, you got anything here, buddy? (laughs) We're probably not invited back. This is our last showing with Father and Son podcast. No, this is exactly what we want. This is exactly what we want. This is content right here. This is great podcasting content. Yeah, that, that scene is, and the whole thing is just like, let's see how much crap we can throw at these people before they break. And I, 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 I kind of respect that, that they're like, let's get a bunch of actors out here and let's just humiliate them on screen and just have a bunch of Nazi zombies kill them. And yeah, that scene definitely was the, and I was thinking the exact same thing. He, he cuts off his arm and he's like, whew, well, that's all settled. And then he gets bit right on the Johnson. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, I was like, well, this is this is a a a comedy of errors so far, and uh, <laughs> continuing on that trend. Oh. I I I just gotta say, um, the excessive gore in the scene where uh, oh, what's his the 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 finger guy? <laughs> I'll just call him that. You know what I'm talking about? Erlen, the, guy. Erlen, yeah, the Erlen. movie geek. Yeah. That's right. 
his head gets ripped open by zombies and his brain splats out onto the cabin floor. That was just about the coolest effect I think I've ever seen in my life. Wearing a brain scan shirt. Yes. Ah, yes. Yeah. Ironic. I missed the brain scan uh, shirt. That, that, yep. that's, that's pretty clever. Yep. 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 So, all right. <clears throat> I hate to bring this up because we, we live in, in highly partisan, divisive times, but I, I've got to ask the question. These Nazis are fast zombies. What are your preference, gents? Fast zombies or slow zombies? Wes, go on record. Oh, <laughs> asking the real questions here. That's right. I'm going to have to say fast zombies. Mm. And the reason I'm going to go with that is I, I'm, I, I have Night of the Living Dead on Criterion. I love that movie. I like Dawn of the Dead on that one as well. But one of my favorite zombie movies, aside from Night of the Living Dead, is 28 Days. Yeah. I'm a huge 28 Days fan. And I think we covered that in episode maybe two is when we talked about zombie virus films. And I've got 28 Days scored a perfect 10 out of 10. Wow. And although I love and respect Night of the Living Dead, they're not very scary to me. And in some of the other films since then that have had the kind of the slower walking, moving zombies, you know, uh, Fulci and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the fast zombies because, I mean, I, I'm obviously not as athletic as I used to be, but I could, I can build up a little speed running mm-hmm. and, uh, I just feel like I could just run away, you know, from the slow-moving zombies. Uh, and even maybe Michael Myers <laughs> or somebody <laughs> from that point. But, but no, the, I like the fast-moving zombies just because I feel like they're, they're more threatening to me. I feel like I, if I'm just in a mess of fast-moving zombies, I, I'm done. I got you. All right. Gabe, are you willing to go on the record? Fast zombies or slow zombies? I couldn't believe you chose this question. I, I didn't know I was. I didn't know people were going to know this about me on this podcast. But um, okay, so it's real simple, guys. In real life, I want slow zombies. Right. And, yeah, because I mean, easily I can escape. They're funny. You could put hats on them and then run away, and you know, <laughs> funny glasses. Um, in in my movies, though, I'm going to go a third direction. He didn't know I could do this. Matt's like, you know, um, I gave two options. You're going to choose a third option. I like hyper fast zombies. I like zombies like I'm, I am in Legend that are like super zombies. They can jump super high. They're mm-hmm. hyper fast. Those are my kind of zombies because those are frightening. <sighs> there you go. All right. <laughs> always always got to have that guy on the podcast. All right. <laughs> Jackson, slow zombies, fast zombies, or super fast <laughs> zombies. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think, I think fast zombies make for better movies, uh, like you said, 28 days later, but, uh, I, I'm going to have to go with in a survivalist, uh, uh, world. I'm definitely going to have to say slow zombies because you've seen Shaun of the Dead. I mean, they yes. have forever to dispatch those slow zombies. Uh, I, I would be the person in the backyard throwing records, um, throwing Prince records at, uh, at slow moving zombies. So yeah, I, I'm going to have to say slow moving zombies in a survivalist sense, but fast moving zombies, um, in, in a movie sense. And, uh, I just want to say, but that's a point of contention again, we're, we're doing more hot button issues. 28 days later, you know, there are people who will fight tooth and nail, say that isn't a zombie movie. That's an right. infection movie. Yep. Yep. 
I don't agree with that. I think they're zombies. But there there are people who will say that you're wrong, you're not a horror fan, that, that everything you, you've ever done in your life is meaningless because you think that they're zombies. <laughs> so I just want to throw it out there. We're acknowledging the controversy, uh, but 28 Days Later is a fast zombie movie. Yeah, and, and guys, if you're very passionate about that and we've offended you in any way, shape, form, or fashion from watching either one of our podcasts, we don't mean it. We're actually quite indifferent unless you catch us alone and then we really care about the issue. Uh, I, I actually, I, you know, I'm pushing 50. Um, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so I just tell people if you're, if, I mean, honestly, if that's what upsets you, if that really sends you into a tizzy, hey, look, uh, wipe the Cheeto dust off your fingers. Ask, ask, yell upstairs to mom to get you another bag and everything will be okay. Um, it's all going to be okay. Um, all right. Let's, you know, I could ask about the cast, but honestly, nobody really, I mean, stands out to me. Am I wrong? I mean, they're just all serviceable. They're there just to do their thing. And some of the things that they're set up to do, as we've discussed, are pretty weird, if not just out downright disgusting, um, especially for medical students who should know better. So, but does anybody stand out in this cast at all, or are they just kind of here? I mean, there's no, to me, there was no Bruce Campbell in this cast. Am I wrong, Wes? Uh, no, I, again, I think I, I really like the Harbinger of Doom, and yeah. I like the seriousness that he brought to this you know, pretty comedic situation. And I thought he did a really, really good job. And it's like, I, I could use this guy in more films, but I'm not going to, you know, start watching a, a lot of films from Norway now uh, just because of him. But, you know, he was, he was really good. Uh, the guy that, that, and again, I know you guys, you talk about the cast and you, you know, uh, the cast members names in the films and different things like that. You typically do on your show. On this one, I was like, I, I don't even know what some of these symbols are and their names and stuff. I'm just going to just refer to them as, you know, the uh, the movie nerd and yeah. stuff like that. But the guy that goes off by himself on the snowmobile who's looking for his girlfriend, I thought he actually did a pretty good job. He was a pretty good actor. And uh, I love when, of course, he got, you know, blood or he got bit on the neck and there was blood blood everywhere just all over his face and he wraps the duct tape around and he's like just a trooper he's you know keeps going i thought he did a pretty good job so those were the two that stood out to me yeah last uh if i'm pronouncing this correct i think his name is uh lasse valdal um so yeah there you go but yeah he hasn't done i'm i, I was looking over his filmography um he, he does a lot of like tv I don't see a, like a huge amount of, of movies that he's done, but yeah, he was, yeah, he was fine for me. So, um, but, uh, Gabe, what about you? I know that you're sitting there probably going, I got to get on IMDb. I got to find every movie that every person in this cast has done. Am I wrong? Yeah, guys, I'm going, I've got some real deep, hard fat. I mean, and I'm kind of offended that nobody's talked about him yet. That by far, by far the best acting experience or uh, performance in this movie is none other than Nazi zombie number 17 in the white uh, track suit with hood. Like, nobody talked about Nazi zombie 17 in the white track suit with hood that's running throughout the snow. He's spectacular. And 
also, as a side note, he was in Married with Children episode seven as the <laughs> random guy behind the bush at the uh, shoe store. So, you know, <laughs> guys, I'm bringing the real facts for you, and I'm talking about the real performances that you guys care about. You are, because on, <laughs> on, on IMDb, there's only three Nazi zombies listed, though there are obviously like 30 people in the cast, probably all cousins and, and, and frat buddies of the director. Um, but but you're right. I, we we missed him. I, I I will be looking for him in a, in a future Christopher Nolan film or you know something <laughs> like that. I'm I, I'm sure. But uh, why did Jack's... he get a tracksuit and nobody else got a tracksuit? And he got a nice hood with it. Everybody else had like originals. Did you you know what I'm talking about? That zombie that approached. Yeah. The oh, absolutely. But the director Tommy Workola looked at him and said, "That's a star." <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a star. Get that guy's a star. That's right. <laughs> we only have the budget for one. It goes to him. He's a star. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. Thank you. Absolutely. Jackson, what about you? What do you think of the cast, buddy? Yeah, I think they're all pretty, you know, average. There's also a language barrier. I watched this in the Norwegian language with English uh, subtitles. I don't know if you watched the dub or or what, but there's a there's a language barrier, so uh, I don't. I, it's hard to judge their performances. I will say though that that guy uh, with the snowmobile, he had, you know, he's he's like you said, he's a trooper. He stitches himself up with a fish hook and then he duct tapes his neck. And uh, I was like, okay, this guy's, he's the final girl of the movie, essentially. He's the final girl. He's yep. going to make it to the end. And then he gets ripped apart by zombies. And the probably the most memorable death in the movie just slowly picked up. He doesn't even try to struggle. He's just picked up as he just, like, looks sullenly at the rest of the people who are left and just gets ripped limb from limb by the zombies. And, uh, you know, I, I admire that. You know, bravery in the face of certain death. That guy is, 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 is absolutely... And that guy, I think, is the star of the movie. You may say that Nazi zombie in a white tracksuit is a star. Yeah. And while he does have some great moments that were are going to be going on as real uh you know I, I think that that guy who gets ripped apart while just kind of seeming apathetic you know he's the real star of the film wow you i mean bravo you know <laughs> we brought some hard takes but that is that was spectacular son that was i mean are we sure he's dead i didn't know it. did anybody else forget about that guy for a while when he showed yes. up again i was like yeah who is yeah. this guy and then i was like Oh, yeah, I remember him from the beginning. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you'll be happy to know that um, the uh, girl who hooks up with uh, Movie Nerd uh, in The Crapper, uh, Jenny, <laughs> Jenny Scadlon, that before this breakthrough role in Dead Snow, she was, all, she was a celebrity dancer on a reality show. And, uh, and after this, she wrote a book, one I'm sure was a bestseller, uh, Cy Ohm, which is about her passion for sewing. Mm. <laughs> How long could that possibly be? <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's a five-page book. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the in the movie Airplane. It was like, do you have anything light? And it's like, yeah, here's here's a book on famous Jewish, you know, you know, athletes and <laughs> like that. <a> <laughs> <laughs> oh. So anyway, yeah, there you go. So there, there is the cast. Um, do is there anything else technically we want to talk about? We've talked about the gore. the The director, you know, of this has gone on to do um, some other stuff. Um, he this kind of did 
give him a little bit of a career boost. He had done a few films before this, but after this came out, he sold his script for Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. If you mm-hmm. remember that mm-hmm. movie, uh, which if I if memory serves, didn't that have um, oh shoot, what's the guy's name? The guy who played um, Captain America, not Captain America, Hawkeye. Oh, uh, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, yeah. he's Wasn't in that he movie. In yeah, yeah, that right. movie sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me the guy who wrote Dead Snow? Dude? I don't. I no. I'm not going there. I I haven't seen it, so I can't imagine that it's bad. Um, but yeah, this was a pretty low budget movie. I mean, it was shot for just a little over, I think a million dollars. Um, and so I I thought with the money they had, they did a decent job. No. Uh, uh, Agreed. Yeah. I I think, you know, it's been what, 11 years or so since it came out. You can definitely tell it's a lower budget with the zombies and some of the effects, but I mean, overall a million bucks. I mean, it looks, it looks good for a million dollars, I think. Yeah, I think so. Gabe, you were blown away, I know. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll say this. For what it is, and, yeah. and, and I use that as a, you know, if you like body horror, zombie, snow, treasure hunt movies, I mean, you're going to love this movie. He, there's no way it could be better being what it is. But. I, I, I agree, and by the way, I was thinking while you said that, you know, body horror, zombie, treasure hunt, um, I kind of want you to take over the um, IMDb, how they rank movies, you know, horror, drama, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I just want Gabe to start doing that for IMDb, you know, <laughs> body horror, zombie, treasure hunt. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be more. I think you, uh, your your descriptions would be better, Gabe. I yeah, think you uh, just a category of one. There's one movie in it. Dead Snow. <laughs> one of one. Oh, Jackson, what do you think about, you know, shot for a million bucks or so? What do you think? I think it looks great. And and there are some dated. I think the costume design is just a, it's very 2000s, right? You can instantly tell when this movie was made. But uh, technically, it's pretty good. And I like that they shot as much out in the actual cold as they could. They shot as little on the soundstage as possible. And I really admire that. And I like one thing that I that I that I really enjoyed was the zombie vision, the the first person zombie vision. It's in a cool like red and blue like faux 3D kind of look, right. and I don't think I've ever seen that before. I, I was expecting it to be like that red tint that every horror movie does, with maybe a little bit of like it's like foggy edges, like shadowy edges, and a red right. tint over it. But the the kind of like VHS red and blue like 3D type looking thing that's that's really cool. I don't know why zombies would see in, in red and blue like 3d but um you know whatever it's interesting yeah i definitely don't know what uh, zombies or nazi zombies would would see as so all right what else do we want to talk about anything else we want to hit before we uh rate and recommend this uh this puppy wes anything else oh i think the last note that i had is i appreciate a movie that it just looks like everybody had a good time on set i don't know if you if anybody else kind of gets that feeling, but oh, yeah. as an example, I don't think that people on the set of Babel or 21 grams, you know, were having right. the time of their life. Right. But this just looks like a fun movie. You know, you get to get out in the snow, you know, they've got the, the snowmobile scenes and, you know, get to throw the blood everywhere and, and different things and make the jokes, the comedic element. It just looked like a fun movie. And, uh, and that comes through to the audience. And so that was just kind of one of my last notes that I had on it. 
I agree because Jackson and I watched. We watched uh, the behind the scenes stuff on the DVD, which the behind the scenes stuff is not that great, is it, Jackson? But you can tell they're having fun. I mean, am I wrong, buddy? No, it's definitely yeah. They are having fun, but the behind the scenes stuff it's edited together like an MTV like featurette, like between ad yeah. break thing. It's real quick and it's got lots of uh, like pop and metal music behind it. But yeah, it seems like they're having a lot of fun. The director seems like really laid back. He's kind of sarcastic and just cracking jokes all the time. And uh, all the actors are just kind of goofing around. They seem like they're friends with the director. And, you know, they haven't gone on to do that much. I know Erland, he was on this show like Vikings or something like that. Yeah. And I find that hard to believe that people think he's, in this movie at least, I found it hard to believe that he could be a Viking. But I don't know, maybe he buffed up or something. But, um, yeah, definitely seems like a fun set to be on. You get to be coated in blood, and you get to run through the snow, and you get attacked by zombies, and you get to do, like, 30 takes of it. You know, maybe this it wasn't so fun to film, but, but you know, at least the, fin- the finished product was <laughs> adequate. <laughs> now, they That's do enough. seem like they're having a good time. So, Gabe, anything else you want to bring up before we rate and recommend the sucker? No, I, I, yeah, nothing, except for apparently me and Jackson have a very different uh, view on what fun is. <laughs> 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 well, again, I, I really think we're going to have to have uh, uh, Peter from Retro Movie Geek on to see, you know, what's going on in Scandinavia. Maybe this is a good time. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this They've is. They've got a, this some is a, different ideas for fun up there. The hey, the fake hey. chokings, you know, uh, they do like Twister, and who doesn't like a good game of Twister? Well, and you know, they herring is a snack up there, so you know, I mean, it's it's a different <laughs> strange culture. place. Exactly, exactly. So. <laughs> Jackson, anything else you've got in your notes, or are you ready to rate and recommend this sucker? Uh, I don't I don't have anything else just to say that, you know, we talked about Cabin Fever, we talked about Eli Roth. This seems to be in that same kind of, like, category as Eli Roth and um, Adam Green, that kind of thing. But I think where this one succeeds, where some of those, like, Eli Roth and Adam Green movies fails, is that it seems really earnest. It seems like they wanted to make a movie. Whereas mm-hmm. with, like, an Eli Roth thing, he's like, wouldn't it be cool if we just, like, cut somebody's leg off or whatever? I think these guys were like, I want to have a film, you know, under a belt i want to release something to dvd and uh, that kind of that passion shines through and while i think it has a really really rough first act it really picks up and it feels like they they started to get get the hang of it and i'd imagine that since they shot this outside in the winter they had to shoot it pretty much chronologically um so i can see how they would get you know get the ball rolling and uh, it would improve as the film went on yeah i agree so all right let's Let's hit our uh, ratings and recommendations here, guys. So on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you, we want to rate uh, this puppy? Uh, Wes, what do you think? I think I've got, I'm coming in at about a 6 to a 6.5. And, a half. and a, again, this is, not, uh, this is not a genre that I am really big on. Now, I do love Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2 is obviously much more of a a comedy yeah. than the first evil dead and then army of darkness. Like I like those movies. Um, and there's a couple other ones that I like, but generally horror comedy is not something that I'm, I'm, I'm really big on, but this particular movie, the reason I'm coming in at six and six and a half, that means that I, I like the film. I would recommend somebody to watch the film. It's, I have a vast collection of movies. It's not one that I own in it. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. say tell somebody, Hey, go out and, and buy this thing. This is something that you're going to want to watch you know, regularly that you would want to have in your collection. But I respect it. Um, it made me laugh. It made me feel grossed out. And I was yeah. entertained, you know. I mean, I was entertained for the full 
uh, hour and a half. Uh, again, like we've already noted, it does start a little bit slow, but um, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind the kind of uh, the, the setups. You know, sometimes movies will go a little too long in their in their setup, but I mean, I was fine with it. It, it didn't stick out to me as that it was just terribly slow. Mm-hmm. But I mean, overall, like I said, I'm about a six, six and a half. Definitely recommend your audience uh, and any of our audience who's going to come over and listen to this. Hey, check out Dead Snow. I think you're going to think it's pretty funny. And again, if the outhouse scene doesn't make you want to <laughs> at least check it out and see what the heck we were talking about, uh, then I don't know how to entertain you. <laughs> exactly. So. All right, Gabe, I know that uh, you're probably upset that this was not nominated for Best Foreign Film, the Academy Awards, in 2009. But other than that, what would you rate this sucker? It's like you can read my mind sometimes. But, (laughs) no, I mean, for me, based on the movies that I like and the movies I'd watch again, I'm sorry, guys, I have to give it a 5 out of 10, Mm -hmm. which means I'm glad I watched it once. But I'm never going to watch it again. Um, But if I was rating it on a scale of zombie, Nazi, treasure hunt movies, I would give it a 10 out of 10. (laughs) But, you know, in my own personal taste, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. But for years to come, every time you see a porta potty. For years to for years to come, I I don't know. I mean, every time I think of a porter potty scene, that's going to stick out. You're correct. You guys have congratulations, father and son podcast. You guys have emotionally stunned me and and petrified me of of outhouses. There you go. So, <laughs> Jackson, what about you? Well, I hate to be a contrarian, but I'm coming in way higher. I'm coming in yeah. seven out of ten. Um, and I, I just, it's very niche, but I think I have to agree with Entertainment Weekly on the front cover of the DVD <laughs> when they say that this is one of, one of, they don't say where, but one of the 25 best zombie movies of all time. Uh, so <laughs> I would, I would definitely awesome. agree. <laughs> yeah. And, and if we're, we're including, uh, you know, like, uh, House of the Dead, uh, video game oh, adaptations yeah. in there and stuff, I would agree. This is one of the 25 best zombie movies of all time. Dead Snow, 7 out of 10. I'd say you should rent it and check it out. And if it's your thing, maybe you consider buying the DVD. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jackson. I'm about a 7 out of 10. If, if you like Peter Jackson's earlier, like, spatter, splatter phase, like Bad Taste and Meet the Feebles and stuff like that, I think you'll definitely want to check out uh, Dead Snow. So, uh, folks, we want to thank our supporters over at Patreon, and you can become one for as little as $2.50 a month. Help put an aspiring horror filmmaker through school. We have exclusive episodes, and we have our horror Oscar show coming up in a few months, and Patreon supporters can vote on their picks for the award winners. Now, more importantly, Wes, where can they find you and Real Talk online? Well, anyone who's listening, you can find Real Talk, a movie podcast. We're on pretty much on all of the major podcast directories, you know, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Uh, Stitcher, you know, on and on. So just if you search for our podcast, you can you'll be able to find us. Uh, We're the yellow and peach. Gabe likes to say pink uh, logo. Uh, And uh, you can interact with us as well on social media. 
Uh, we're on Twitter at real R E E L underscore cast. We've got a Facebook group. That's, that's a lot of fun. Just type in real talk, a movie podcast. You'll, you'll see us there as well. And then one of our buddies has been kind enough to start our Instagram page, which is actually brand new. It's the first time we've ever really said oh, cool. or told anybody there. And he is hilarious. He has a very quirky sense of humor and he's like, look, I'm just going to do something different than, you know, what you guys are doing on Facebook and Twitter, just, you know, in case somebody's already following you there and thinks, well, there's no need to follow Real Talk over at Instagram. You're going to get a bunch of different content over there. And he's really creative. So check that out. Wow. Awesome. And Gabe, where can they find you online? Well, um, I didn't know I needed to be online for any of these conversations I was having <laughs> on the phone. But I do have a Facebook page, and if you go to my Facebook, check it out. My name's Gabe Conway. I do own six chickens, so I post about them a lot. Um, but also, I'm there <laughs> on all the pages that um, that are uh, that Wes are on, and I and I do talk about my kids too, along with my chickens. Um, but no, also you can go to all those other pages, Real Talk a Movie Podcast uh, on Instagram, or you can just look us up, and uh, you can hear all these conversations I thought I was having with my buddies um, broadcasted online. Being recorded, and and you should know that uh, Haddonfield Hatch will back me up on that. They didn't get your permission; that's illegal. And so, if you need le- if you need legal counsel, I can yeah. direct you to Mr. Sean Davis over at Land of the Creeps. Now, Good. Sean Davis Esquire. So, Good information um, to have. <laughs> there you go. All right. So you can find uh, more of us over at FatherAndSonWatchHorror.com. We also have a Twitter and an Instagram account. We have a closed Facebook uh, page and a YouTube channel. Jackson, where can they find you, buddy? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kane underscore Hero 12 and on Letterboxd at Kane Hero. Uh, and got the YouTube, the Father and Son Watch YouTube, as he, as he mentioned. I'm still working on it. I've got a, a movie collection video coming. Uh, but in preparation, I felt like I needed to watch some of the movies I actually owned. Uh, so I wasn't a complete hypocrite picking up movies like this one looked cool and I put it back on my shelf. Uh, so I'm watching some movies. I'm getting ready for that. And uh, yeah, ch- wait for that video. Um, so much fun uh, talking about Dead Snow today. And I- I'm sure I'm going to have something to say in that video as well. Well, you now have a goal, too, as an aspiring horror filmmaker. Your goal is to one up this. So Gabe has to admit that your film is now the best zombie in the snow treasure hunt <laughs> yes. film ever yes. made. Yes, you do? funny you say that. Yeah, I've got a script in the works right as we speak. Yeah, I'm getting that uh, green lighted, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be great. We'll have Cindy Lauper, uh, maybe Sean Astin will make an appearance, and uh, it'll be banging, boys. Oh, there you go. You do it, Jackson. You're my hero. <laughs> All right. If you can get if you can get Chunk and Sloth to battle the zombies, that would yes. be fantastic. So. Yes. So we've got Godzilla versus Kong coming out, but how about Chunk versus the dead snow zombies? There you go. <laughs> There you go. All righty. So, yeah, I can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd at, uh, at Pastor Matt R. So, folks, thanks for listening. Jackson, say goodbye to the good people. Goodbye, and remember to brace your outhouses. I don't know what that yes. means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, folks, thanks for listening. And remember, the family that watches horror together slays together. See you next time.